So it's good to see everyone. Thanks for uh, making it out to giving more, so more than can be sent. Um, when this class was originally put on the docket, the plan was for Pastor Jim to teach. And um, obviously we've lost our dear friend. And so Ashley asked me to step in and I said, I will do my best, but just know that um, you're not getting Pastor Jim. Um, but we will live on in his legacy with uh, getting more people to the field more quickly. So hopefully everybody understands that you're in this class because we're learning how to raise more money, right, in order that we can get more people to the field. So like I want to be upfront with folks about that um, from the beginning. We're... Uh, we're talking about getting more money to more places more quickly so people can get to the field. I tell my church all the time, I am praying for a Christian who can, you know, create the next Amazon or something to make trillions of dollars and just personally fund missions and we don't ever have to worry about it again. But until that day comes, we will continue to send people to the field. So thanks for being here. Um, my name's TJ. I am the lead pastor at Eastside Community Church. Uh, here in the Columbus area over in Gahanna. And I'll tell you a little bit more about our story and kind of what God's been doing with us in uh, missions there um, and some ideas that we've been able to put into practice to help um, move the wheel forward a little bit in uh, raising more funds. Uh, I wanna, want you to walk away from here making sure all your questions are answered to the best of our ability. Ashley's here, she knows everything. So if I don't know it, she's got it under control. Um, and I wanna give you some resources that we've created here at the network that maybe you've heard about already. And if you haven't, wanna make sure that you know about them so that you can leave um, and head back to your church and do this better. But can we pray before we get started? Just ask the Holy Spirit to come in and invade this place and give us creative ideas. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful that your heart was burdened for the lost, that you gave us the great commission to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. And Lord, for those of us that have not been called to physically maybe go to the field, you've called us to send. And so Lord, thank you for that opportunity, that privilege to invest in the greatest investment in the world. And Lord, today as we talk about that, may our hearts be stirred once again. May we not be calloused as we hear about the need, but Lord, may we be encouraged that we could be part of a generation that sees the gospel make it to the ends of the earth. And Lord, until that day happens, um, just burden us, Lord. Make our hearts um, cry to, to reach more for the kingdom of God. And Lord, we just give you praise, honor, and glory. Have your way in this session, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, on your handouts there, I just I put some information um, that uh, you can kind of take with you just to, so you hopefully you don't have to take notes. But, um, you know, as many of you probably heard, we're in a 10-year strategic plan to reach Ohio for Jesus. And sometimes when we hear Ohio for Jesus, even as a missions committee, serving on the missions committee, we have to say, well, what does that mean about missions, right? Because missions is a, a huge part of one of our four drivers. And most of the time for us, missions talks about sending people to unreached groups, sending people to other countries, sending people to college campuses. And how does that directly affect Ohio? And so um, we work through a lot of that. And if you've heard, um, our goal in 10 years is to increase our missions giving and our mission sending by 300%. And that's like totally scary when you say that, right? Um, pastoring a local church, I think, okay, in the next 10 years, I've got to basically triple my giving and 
triple my sending. And so if I'm at zero at sending right now, that means in the next three years, in the next 10 years, I've got to find three people and encourage the call of God in their lives. And so um, it's daunting and exciting all at the same time, right? Like those God-sized goals are like, come on, we can't do this without the power of the Holy Spirit and without God moving. And so like, I'm like jazzed, right? Like I'm, I'm eating this stuff for breakfast. It's exciting. So we were talking in our missions committee meeting though, and we were talking about what does that look like? And so somebody way smarter than me helped us figure this out. And this helped me um, identify it a little easier. If every church, just current churches in the state of Ohio who are Assembly of God churches, would increase their missions giving by just 14% every year for the next 10 years, we would reach the goal that we're trying to reach. So for some people, that means, hey, we're not, unfortunately, there's some churches that aren't participating in missions or at a very low level. That might mean for the next year just to give $14, right? There are some churches that are giving hundreds of thousands of dollars, and that means those, them increasing as well. But when you break it down like that, it doesn't sound quite as intimidating, does it? 14%. So then you break it down to us as individuals and say, okay, if I'm giving $50 a month to support a missionary, can I increase 14% a year over the next 10 years? And at first, that first increase doesn't sound so bad, right? Like, hey, I gotta go with five bucks. Like, I can do that, right? But as it continues to grow, it's more of a sacrifice. And so we have to kind of come up with ways in our churches that we can say, how do we encourage people into that? And so that's one of the reasons that we're talking about this. Um, but one of the biggest hurdles for many pastors, many missions leaders, and unfortunately, many of our missionaries to get over is the ability to talk about money, right? Because a lot of times we see missions transactionally, right? Sometimes we as pastors see, well, man, the missionaries are always calling us. They just want more money. Don't they know we don't have any money? And sometimes people think, well, missionaries are just going, well, we just need the church for money so that we can get our money and we can get to the mission field. And that is probably the farthest thing from the truth for any of us. And if we have that mentality, we've already missed the boat. Um, I don't know if you guys know Dale and Becky Cacao. They're missionaries in China. Um, being new to the network, I've kind of got to meet all the missionaries new. So Dale was back for a little while and we had coffee and he said, you know, in China we don't have transactional relationships. We have relationships. And so if a missionary comes to our church and tells us about what they're doing, the question isn't, are we going to support them? The thing is, yes, we support you. We support you right now. We may not be able to support you in a, in a check or in finances, but you're part of our team. And part of us, we have to kind of get over that awkward feeling of this is something that, man, we got a missionary here who needs money, and I'm the keeper of the money, and we have this transactional relationship. And that's why, I mean, talk to any missionary. The thing they hate the most is picking up the phone going, hey, pastor, I'd love to talk to you about what, what, what God's doing. And a lot of times, they don't even get a call back. They don't get somebody that will even talk to them. And so... Um, the least I can do is buy you coffee, listen to what God's doing in your life on the phone, encourage you, pray for you, because now we're in relationship. And so I just want us to see this whole day as more than just a transactional, how do we get more money so we can give more money to get people on the field? That's a big part of it. I mean, I stand in front of my church almost monthly, weeping in tears because of the fact that I know the struggle our missionaries go through to get to the field personally, much less trying to raise, you know, budgets completely based upon people's willingness to give. And so let's just kind of start this perspective as 
every missionary that's in the state of Ohio, they, we already support them, right? And maybe we aren't writing checks to their account yet, but we support them. We listen to them, we pray for them, we encourage them, we connect them with people that we have in relationship. And I think that'll eliminate some of the, the frustration out of the equation and bring some more faith into it. Um, oh, I have to agree to keep using the Wi-Fi. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about our story because it'll help me kind of transition into what I want to share with you from my perspective and experience. Uh, Eastside Community Church, we're a church of about 85 people. Uh, we're about seven years old. Um, I've been the pastor for about three and a half years at the church. Um, and our church has had the DNA of mission since the very beginning. Our pastors that started the church were former missionaries. And so from day one, the DNA of Eastside Community Church has been we support missionaries financially, prayerfully. We have missionaries in our services umpteen times a year. We do everything we can to be part of that. Um, and that, that's exciting. Um, right now, as a church of about 80 or 85 people, we support about 40 missionaries or missions organizations. And um, about three years ago, um, there was a couple in our church who give very substantially to missions that were retiring and moving to Florida. And they said, Pastor, just want you to know, we're not upset, but our income is changing greatly and we're not going to be able to continue to give to missions at the rate we've been giving. And so our $15,000 that we give to missions is going to change. Now you just think about that number, right? Like immense panic set in. I'm a brand new pastor. The people that are the biggest missions givers in the church are like, look, we're moving because we're retiring and this is stopping. And all I can think about is what? I've got to call every missionary and be like, so we can't support you anymore. Or we have to lessen your support. So you know what I did? I did what every good faith-filled pastor would do. I panicked, right? <laughs> and I called Pastor Jim and I said, I know you don't really know me that well, but I need your help. What do I do? And Pastor Jim had lunch with me. And um, these people have been so gracious. They've agreed to kind of transition their giving over three years. So 5,000, 5,000, 5,000. But as you know, that's still a lot of money like that makes panic set into your heart. And so through this process, we learned um, something that works for us, that helps us connect our people with our missionaries. And in the first year, we, we made up not only the $5,000 that they were going to withdraw the first year, but an additional $3,000. So $8,000, half of it in the first year. And now we're in the second year. They've backed down $10,000. And not only have we not had to cut, really, we've been able to um, strategically pick up a missionary here and there and continue to give more this year than we did even in the years past. Um, so... Uh, my, my notes here, if you see, are make it personal, make it public, make it possible, and make it projects and personnel. Um, if you ever met Pastor Jim Palmer, he liked when everything went together with the same letter of the alphabet. So in his honor, I put it together that way to honor my dear friend. But I want to talk to you first of all about missions, about make it personal. Make it personal. Um, I've been in an AG church since before I was born. My mother carried me in womb to an AG church. And, I mean, when we were kids, we gave all of our Sunday morning offerings to missions. The, you know, it wasn't much from kids, so the church wasn't counting on us paying our kids pastor. So it went to BGMC, and it went to missions, and we did Speed the Light, and we just kind of grew up giving to missions. 
But one of the things I've noticed when we begin to look about our situations is a lot of times people make a faith promise. You guys heard of faith promises, right? And they faithfully write their missions check. And in their mind, it goes into a big missions bucket and eventually it goes somewhere, right? And it didn't make missions giving personal for our people. And so if you've been up to date on what's happening in our society today, relationships are key, right? They're huge. So one of the things that we were able to, kind of as I talked over this idea with Pastor Jim, is to make it very personal for our people, we asked them to adopt a missionary. And so instead of doing the faith promise cards where you pick up a faith promise card and you write, hey, I'm going to give $50 a month, what we did is um, on our back table there was a picture uh, printed out just from Walgreens or Walmart of every missionary we support. And at the bottom it says how much we support them monthly and how long we've been supporting them. And we said to our people, instead of writing us a faith promise card that says, I'm going to give $200 to missions a month, would you go to the back table and pick up missionaries to support that equal what your faith promise was? And so our people went back to the table, and if it was $50, they picked up somebody with $50. If it was $25, they picked up somebody for $25. And I said to them, though, here's where you got to kind of make a, a line is, we, I don't want you to think about, well, I'm only supporting those people, right? You're still writing your missions check. It's still going in the missions bucket. But when you're 80 people and you've got 40 missionaries, you want to know something? I cannot physically read every missions email and newsletter that comes to the church, right? I get confused. So our people now have gone and said, okay, if I support, we'll just pick somebody. If I support the Thackers and what God's doing in Madagascar, and they're the people we support, I now get their newsletter, if they come and when they come back to itinerate, I get to have lunch or dinner with them after church. I pray for them. I know when their birthday is, if they have kids. I might send birthday cards to their kids or at least an anniversary email or something. I've made this personal connection with our missionary. And it revolutionized the way our people gave to missions. One couple came to me and said, hey, pastor, we've only been given $25 a month. But we really believe in this missionary and what they're doing. And we, if we support them at $50 a month, we're going to step out in faith and we're going to take their card and we're going to try it this year to give $50 every single month. Um, do you guys know Paul Ellis? And um, when he passed away, um, the lady that uh, had adopted him and Sharon, right? Sharon? Yeah. Paul and Sharon. Um, she lost her husband about a year ago. And she had adopted Paul and Sharon when everything was going through their chaos. And then when Paul passed and Sharon was alone, Miss Nancy reached out to Sharon and said, hey, I know what you're going through. I've just been through the same thing. And they made a bond that was inseparable. And I said to her, I said, you know, just to be fair, this is what Sharon's doing. We want you to know that she's not on the field. She's at Valley Forge. She's like, I want to support her more now because I know how hard it is in the midst of these moments. And so it's been those kind of stories of people making it personal to say, my money isn't just going in a bucket that some missionary somewhere ends up with, but I'm supporting somebody. Um, our family, uh, my wife 
and I, we have two boys, 13 and 10. Um, we picked up a Chi Alpha missionary, so Andy and Heather Erickson are our missionaries. And um, that's been really fun because we interact with them all the time, right? They're here, they're ministers retreat, our kids got to know each other, they have younger kids, our kids are older. At the end of the school year, we sent the kids a, a card and stuck a, a, a gift card in there for ice cream and told them to take their parents for ice cream, you know. And Heather was just like, you know what, our kids oftentimes get forgotten in the midst of our missions work and so it became very personable very personal for our kids for our family and for them and so I would encourage you as you think about one of the ways that we can engage in missions and increase what's going on is if we can make it personal make it relational yesterday we had our missions leadership team meeting and that was the one thing that kept ringing true was in order for our churches to be more passionate about reaching people in missions they've got to know the missionary they've got to engage in a relationship if money goes in a bucket to support missions it's very abstract but when i think about man when i write my check every month and i think about the work that andy and heather are doing and i see their newsletter and i hear about what god's doing in dayton and i i see the kids when they go to to fall breakaway and when more small group leaders are raised up and when kids are being baptized and when people of other faiths are coming to know jesus christ as lord and savior i'm going man i gotta give because andy and heather need me right now my fifty dollars is not going to make or break andy and heather right but it's a big deal to them. Every one of those people, they're standing in agreement with them. And it's a big deal to our family because we're able to invest in that. So make it personal. Uh, one of the other ways we do that is we talk, we've been talking a lot about um, if people get exposed to missions on a trip, if they're able to go and be part of what God's doing somewhere, boots on the ground, they come back almost always more on fire for missions and opportunities present themselves more for them to financially get involved, to physically get involved. Um, you take somebody on a missions trip and all of a sudden they're like, man, um, pastor, I want to help with the missions team. Pastor, I want to make sure, I want to help plan the next trip. And sometimes that's daunting, right? Like to think about, like, we got to offer a missions trip. Like I think about that. I talk with pastors all the time. I'm like, our 80 people, I mean, that's including kids. We're probably not going to get 20 people to go on a missions trip, right? Like that's just realistic. So we're working on partnering with other churches to say, hey, you can't really do it on your own, and we can't do it on our own, but we can get four or five. Could you get four or five, and could we do that together? Um, and I know we're working on that even as a network. How could we maybe help facilitate that in areas or in sections and groups and network-wide trips that people could get on board? Because when people have an experience and it becomes personal, they're all in. They're all in. So make it personal. The second thing is make it public. Make it public. Um, you know, I worked at a church um, in another state that for five years and never once did we tell people that we supported missionaries. Never once did we have a missionary speak in the church. Nothing ever happened. We just wrote money out of the general fund to support uh, a handful of missionaries. And when we don't make it public and we don't keep it in front of our people, it just becomes not important. And so um, making it public is important. Uh, one of my favorite things is something that Dave Gross did at, um, at Radiant Life for years, and I stole this idea. When he took the offering, when he received the offering on Sunday mornings, he would tell a quick story about, hey, this week, church, 
we were able to do this, right? So Dale and Becky Kakao sent me an email the other week. Hey, I know the coronavirus is a huge scare. We're here in China. This is what's going on. In the midst of this chaos, we're having an opportunity to help people find peace in Jesus, right? So I stand up. I show the picture of them with their, their face masks on and standing outside the door of the church. I say, church, because you gave this week, Dale and Becky are administering the peace of the Holy Spirit amidst the chaos of the coronavirus, right? or any other mission story that you get that comes in, insert that as it's time to receive the offering. It's super easy, right? It doesn't take a whole lot of planning. If you support a missionary, I'm sure you're getting their information because they're great at sending that out. If not, I'm gonna show you a few resources here in a little bit of things that you can show, videos, all kinds of things to just keep it public in front of people. Um, missionary visits, I, I can't stress that enough. Um, we, we want to have our missionaries regularly, regularly interacting with our people. Because again, what does it do? It makes missions what? Flesh and blood, right? Like it's somebody telling their story. We had a missionary in last month. He told about there in Istanbul, Turkey, and what God was doing there and how um, the enemy was trying to shut down what they were doing, but about how God gave them ridiculous favor in this um, meeting place and how when they had to move their meeting place because of what the enemy was trying to do, it grew the church because of this adversity, right? And people go, whoa, all we hear in the news about Istanbul is bombings and you know all the horrible things. God's on the move there? That's amazing. So when we have opportunities to make that public and have our missionaries share, the other thing I always encourage churches with is have them talk with your kids and your teenagers. Like, um, we were talking about this yesterday. More people are called to the mission field as kids and teenagers than any other time. Um, one of our pastors told of when his five-year-old daughter was called to missions. She's 15 now, and her whole life has been pointing towards, I'm going to serve Jesus on the mission field. And she's focused on it. And at five years old, God called her because a missionary came to their church, the pastor gave the, the missionary an opportunity to speak to the kids. The missionary told the kids about what they did, and they said, wow, God could use me in doing that. And it was an awesome response. So make it public. And then the other thing I want to do is I'm going to attempt. Have to shut off the first okay. Okay. Don't anybody go to sleep now? <laughs> that one? Is that good? Oh, these are all my Air Force pictures. Um, I'm going to show you a resource or two here um, that I want to make sure you guys have access to. Done. Okay. All right. Did you guys know that the Ohio Ministry Network, we have our own missions page? Okay. So omnmissions.net. I'm going to tell you this, Ashley was frustrated with me. I can't ever remember what it is. I go to omnmissions.com. I go to missionsohio.org. I go all over the place. If you go to ohioministry.net, which is our, our state, that's the, the network offices place, and you go into departments and you click missions, it will bring you to this page right here every single time. <clears throat> because that's how I do it. Um, <laughs> But what we worked on as a missions committee is we're trying to create a place where resources that we receive can all be sent to one location so that 
people that are serving in missions roles in their church. They may not be the pastor. They may just be a lay person who's burdened for it. And, and the pastor's like, look, I need you to get something to present on church on Sunday about missions. And you're like, man, where am I going to find that? We've tried to put all the information we have on this site so you can go to it. So I just want to highlight a couple things that happen on this site. Hmm. It's all white, Ashley. I broke it. Um, maybe i got to reload it because I had to go back to the Internet. Um, anyway, on this site, there are things like um, the list of people that are itinerating as missionaries. Um, oh, here it is. It's in white. This, this one's called resources. You want to know this one, okay? Ohio Ministry Network resources. On this page are resources to help you and your local church, okay? Um, several of the things that are on here are this missions quick start kit. Now what happened here is, is we developed something that if a church has nothing happening for missions, they, can't, they, they don't even know where to start and the pastor's overwhelmed. They can actually go to this page and it will populate step one, do this. Step two, do that. And you literally just click through these things and it walks you through creating a missions commit, missions awareness team. Um, if you don't have a team in your church, or maybe you do, there's um, opportunities for how do we invite a missionary to come? How does the pastor preach a sermon about missions? If every church in our network, the pastor would just preach one time in a year about missions and receive an offering, guess how, what percentage of churches in our network would support missions? 100%, right? Because that's what it takes. It's just somebody giving some attention. But sometimes pastors are overwhelmed. They, don't, they can't do it all. They don't know where to go for resources. So we try to put all that right here at their fingertips. Um, and it gives you timelines. It gives you steps. Um, and then it gives you other things. So AG World Missions is another great resource um, that you can check out. Um, this will take you right to their store because in there you're able to actually order products to help with a theme every year. I don't know if you know this or not, but they have a lot of products, and a lot of them are free or really inexpensive. And so this year's theme is compelled, and so you can find everything from banners to hats to bracelets. There's things for kids. Um, if you want to put on a missions banquet and you want to have tablecloths or, or uh, table placemats, if you want to get missions giving faith promise cards here, um, they're all on this site, and you can get to that simply by going to omnmissions.net. Um, and then the other things that, as you continue to hear about, there's an AGUS missions resources are here. And then our three areas inside of our missions partnership of what we're trying to help people um, as we move towards that 300% increase are educate and inspire, recruit and involve, and give and pray. And so underneath all those are resources you can click on too. So if we click on the give and pray one, It'll open up and there'll be different links to opportunities. Say um, you want to host a prayer meeting on a, on a Wednesday evening. Um, you want to have a first Wednesday prayer meeting. You're going to pray for missionaries. And you want some facts about countries that your missionaries are serving. Um, you can come here and you can find all kinds of different prayer focuses. You can find um, different places and ways that people can get involved and engaged in that. If you want to recruit and involve, you've got somebody in your church that expresses a, 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 a desire and a passion to serve in missions. Maybe it's a kid. Maybe it's a teenager. How do you help them move along in that regard? There's actually this thing right here. It's AG World Missions Pipeline, and it helps people figure out 
where you're at. Maybe it's, hey, I just want to go on a short-term trip to see if this might be what God wants me to do. Or, hey, I'm interested in being an MA, right, missionary associate, where I give a certain amount of my time to see if this is really what God's long-term call is for me. Um, a lot of that information uh, is on this site as well. Um, this site also has a list of all of our missionaries who are currently here in the United States itinerating. Okay, so Ashley says at the office, the number one call she gets is, can you tell us what missionaries are home from the field? We want to schedule one from the service. And while she loves to hear from you, you can find that information out even faster by just going on this website. It's got a list of every one of our missionary personnel. It's got a, a list of who's, gonna, who's at home, who's coming home soon. And that is under... It's white on here, and so, um, there we go. You see that right there? Ohio Itinerary World Missionaries. If you click on that, watch this magic happen. This tells you our missionaries who are currently itinerating, and you can contact them directly right through the site. And so Ashley keeps that up to date um, with our, as our missionaries come and as they're um, home from the field. Or if you just want to see a list of our missionaries, if you're, say you want to focus on a country and you want to know if we have a missionary serving in there, you can click on missionaries and it will give you a list of all of our um, Ohio missionaries that are serving and the areas they're serving in and their contact information, all that stuff is right there in one place. Um, so please make use of OMNmissions.net. It's got even more information on here than that. Those are the main things I want to help you with. The other thing I want you to, to, to notice is on the bottom of your page under resources, how many of you guys have heard of the AGWM Hub? Anybody ever heard of the AGWM Hub? That's their online free, everybody say free. <laughs> your pastor loves free. Free Media Hub, and it is full of videos, 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 and more videos. And they have a service that you can subscribe to where they'll send you this on a DVD. But if you don't want to do that, if you don't want to pay for that, and you have access to the internet, this is free. That I mentioned that it's completely free. All you do is go to agwmhub.org. You're going to have to get your pastor to help you with this because they, um, when you go on there, you apply for a, a login. It can be used on five computers now at the same time. It just changed. It used to be you could only use it on one computer. So we'd have one computer that maybe we could show it in the sanctuary. But now if you have an area for your students, if you have something for your kids, if you want to have something where you show it to a, a small group of people, you can use it in five different locations. And these videos are updated monthly. They range in things from like Women's Day, that's coming up here, to um, world, the Worldview videos are produced every month. Um, opportunities from, from Doug Clay about the importance of biblical literacy, World Beat, these are all the student ones. Um, and then in the World Beat one, they have these ones called My Call. Remember one of the things we talked about is 300% increase in missions giving and missions sending. And so one of the things that we can do to encourage our people is show these videos. They're a couple of minutes long and they're missionaries explaining the call 
of God and how it happened in their lives. Some of them will tell you about when they were in youth in the youth group. Some of them will tell you when they're serving in vocational ministry. Some of them will tell you, hey, I was in the business world and God called me to give you give it all up and to go into missions. And so um, that's on there as well. There's the Go360 videos for kids. Um, there's music videos. There's specialty videos. There's Speed the Light. They're in Spanish. Um, they actually have them on here. If you have a, a, a screen maybe in your, in your lobby and you just want it to roll pictures and videos of missionaries for people to read. That's all in here. You can download it. And it's all for free, okay? And you can get signed up. I, I talked to them this week, and that's why I stressed about the five licenses because they just changed that. It's not even listed on the website yet. Um, but the gentleman told me that that's all been updated and changed now to where you can use that on five locations. Um, and that's lots of great um, information happens there. So just AGWM Hub is all you need to go to .org, and that has it there as well. Um, but these are all ways that we can make it public, right? So we make it personal, we make it public. The third thing is we make it possible. Um, one of the ways that we set goals in the church when we talk about big missions giving goals is um, if we think about just what's written in checks on Sunday mornings or given in an adult service, that is a big chunk of our giving, right? But we think about women's ministry, Royal Rangers, girls' ministries. We think about what's happening in our youth department with Speed of Light, with BGMC. We make it possible by saying, okay, what's that total number, and how do we move that down the road, right? Because the number we're looking at to increase 300% of our missions giving includes all of that. Right? So if we can get our, our kids excited and passionate by letting them pie the pastor in the face, you know, or paint somebody's hair blue, or, I mean, I, I kissed a pig one time for, for BGMC, and my, my wife and I, we lived in, in, in North Dakota, and we thought we could find somebody with a pet pig, right? Somebody's got to have a cute little pet pig that they can bring to the church. So I commit to this without having a pig, and we can't find a pig. Guess where the only place you could find a pig was? With a pig farmer. And it's slopped out, and they're in this fenced-in area, and they have mud and poo on their face. And I kissed it, and my wife gave me a bottle of hand sanitizer and made me, like, scrub my mouth down before I could ever um, kiss her again. But it was worth it, right? Like, somebody came to know Jesus because of it. I just keep telling myself that. So we make it possible, we, we get everybody engaged, we have faith, we say, you know, we believe that this can happen, we're, we're going to move in that direction, we dream big, 300% um, increase is a lot, right? That's, that's dreaming big for you, just plug that into your church and say, hey, we want to do that, double, just think about doubling your missions giving and sending. That takes dreaming big. Faith promises, so Pastor Jim, this was his, he, he beat this drum every time I heard him whether it was a missions team meeting or talking to a pastor, the two, the two common denominators amongst the largest missions-giving churches in America, there were two. They asked people to give a faith promise, and they held a missions event, whether it's a convention, whether it's a weekend, whether it's a dinner, whether it's a week-long thing where missionaries come in and go to home groups and get involved. That was the two things that happened in every large missions participating churches. So we have to find ways that uh, we can get people involved in making a commitment and then some sort of missions um, convention or event. And then the third thing about making it, make it possible is, um, obviously I put it in all caps there, is prayer. We can't accomplish any of this on our own. I can't stand up on a Sunday morning and convince people to give the kind of money they do. That's all the work of the Holy Spirit drawing them. So we can't negate that. And I, I just want to tell you too, um, 
not just about praying that the Lord would bring in more finances, but I've really been convicted to have a more concentrated opportunity to pray for our missionaries. Not just like, hey, I got a prayer card. That was nice. Thanks. I might put it on my fridge. But like, like storming heaven to pray for our missionaries, that God would move in the areas they serve in. So don't, don't neglect that. Um, and then the last thing there, I want to try to wrap this up so we have time for discussion or questions. I, I put make it projects and personnel. Um, I can tell you something. I can raise a lot of money for projects, right? Like, if you want me to raise money, send me a great video about somebody that's rescuing women out of sex trafficking, that's, you know, helping kids that are, you know, malnourished. You can raise a lot of money for a project. But none of those projects happen without what? Personnel on the field, boots on the ground, making a difference. And what we see right now in missions giving is this kind of trend of going towards, hey, let's support all these projects because they're easy. Let's be honest, they're fun. I mean, we... One time, no, no long-term commitment. I ran a half marathon and raised enough money to dig a well in Africa, and they put the church's name on it, right? That was pretty cool, right? There's a, there's a well in Togo, Africa, that says um, Warwick Assembly of God, the church I served at at the time. And it says that we, we raised the money to dig that well. And that was a ton of fun. Like, I loved it. It was great. But the reason we did that was there was a missionary there who the Africa Oasis Project worked with, who dug the well at the church so that when people came for the water, where were they at? They were at where the living water was. And we want to support that missionary in the same way. So I want to encourage you, as you think about missions giving in your church, it's fun to do projects. It's easy sometimes to do projects. But if we get so far to the projects and we neglect our personnel, then we've really lost the balance of what we need to do. And so I want to encourage you, as you think about funding and, and giving more so more can be sent, that um, make sure that we include our personnel in our projects. At the bottom of the page there are those three websites I told you about, um, AGWM Hub. AGWM, if you go to agwm.myhealthychurch.com, that's got all the missions resources that you can get from um, from Springfield, and then OMMissions.net is our website. On the on the front, I also put my email address on there. If ever you need something, you want something, you need help, um, you need somebody to bounce a missions idea off of, somebody comes to you and tells you that they're not going to give $15,000, that's Ashley at OhioMinistry.net. Okay, that's... Uh, um, but anyway, that was kind of my condensed version, but I want to just kind of open up for... Questions, discussions, ideas, things that have worked in your church. Ashley asked me to kind of share this of kind of what worked for us, but it doesn't work for everybody. Some people do other things that are way cooler and way smarter than what we do. Um, so if you have questions, ideas, resources, now's your chance to like share them with the rest of us so we don't go home missing them. Uh, I'm from a really, really small congregation in Wellington, Ohio. And uh, it wasn't, well, that's all, uh, you know, in perspective, I guess. Say 30 people right now. At one time, we, we thought we were big because we were over 100. Okay. Okay. Small town, 4,500 people. Anyway, the, the biggest strength that our little old church ever had was missions giving. Mm. Hands down. Now, I bet statistically, if you looked at the amount of money from our little congregation, that was going to missions, and you compared that amount, you know, made a ratio of people 
know. Yeah, we call that per capita giving. Per capita yep. Giving, yep. We'd be number one. Oh wow. We'd be close to it. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. And I don't know that we ever had all these focused thing initiatives to to try to get the the congregation to respond so much. Mm -hmm. I think, and I don't know how to how to translate this today, but it was a learned. Mm -hmm. It was um, the ending of the church. Mm -hmm. Right. It was a learned experience. You learned that from the beginning. And, and it was pride. Yeah. We want to be proud of this. We want to be known as... I, and then after a while, it just became a habit. Yep. I mean, nobody cares if we're proud. This is just what we do. Right. That's culture. Yeah. Thought. Yeah. That's all built in. And, I mean, that's an amazing truth. But it's like Pastor John Wooten said the other day. He said, there's some churches in our network that have DNA that we want to replicate. That's DNA we want. We want every church to do that, right? There's some churches that need to work on their DNA before we replicate them because some of them are like the church I told you about I served at where we didn't talk about missions. We never ask anybody to give in the offering. That wasn't here in Ohio, by the way. We never asked about it. We never talked about it. And then... When you ask people to do that, they're like, well, why would we do that? Because they don't have that same culture. One thing that we do, and you talked about it earlier, um, making it personal, this one thing that we do, this little church, we've got a hallway, this is the main hallway in the middle of the church that connects the sanctuary to all the rooms, you know, and it's probably 40, 50 feet long. Okay. Right? Two-thirds of one side of that hallway, there's a picture. Yep. Of every missionary we support, one after the other, they're like plaques. Yep. Yeah. Nice plaques with a picture of the family, mm -hmm. and so I'm always, and I know everybody does the same thing. You're walking down the hallway, and, and you're maybe you're waiting on a child to come out of their classroom or whatever, and you, and you stand there, and one by one, you just look at every one of those pictures, and I know that. Yes. I know those. Pictures. Yes. You know they come to our church. Yep. These are really nice people. I'm glad we support you. Yes. That's awesome. So we, we have to think creatively because I think I told you guys at the beginning, we meet at the YMCA, so we don't have a hallway, right? And there's some people that don't. Like, but the, uh, See, I grew up, I think that's what I was telling you. I grew up, we gave to BGMC, we gave to Speed of Light, we had the, the, pick, the, the map. How many of you have ever been to a church with the map and the push pins of every missionary you support? Yeah. And you can look around and you could see all those countries. Yeah. And I mean, as a kid, every time a missionary came to our church, I was signing up to go with them, right? Because that was just, we were inspired, we were, that was part of our DNA. And so um, I think that's why it is so important to make it so real for people to say, I mean, if you if you could name one missionary your church supports, we're we're like we're missing out on that piece, right? Like right. we're missing out on saying, hey, I know Christine Little because man, we support the work she's doing in healthcare ministry in Africa, right? Like we can we can look at those people and it is a sense of like teamwork, right? Like her yeah. success is my success. Yeah. So even in a little church of thirty people, where sometimes it'd probably be easy to get down every once in a while and be like, oh, Man, this feels like hard work to go. Yeah, but we're impacting the world, baby. Right? Like that's yeah. that's exciting. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That's cool. Anybody else? Questions, ideas, thoughts? 
I don't know what time we're supposed to be done. So we could hold hands and sing Kumbaya or take an offering for missions or What do you do at your church? What do you do at your church? Tell me your name one more time. In the sweater. No, right behind you. Oh, Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, who likes Poland? Tell us some of the stuff you guys do up there. Um, well, I'm a missions director. Cool. So. Oh, your pastor loves you. Oh, kidding? Yes. Um, we do a missions conference. Okay. Um, in November, and we have a missionary that comes and speaks at the conference. Um, the thing that we're doing this year is that we're uh, starting mission trips. Cool. And uh, we're doing four different mission trips during the year. Wow. So we're trying to connect um, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost parts. We're going to Scotland to uh, support our missionaries over there cool. um, in uh, the fall. And uh, so, yeah, just a lot of different things. So just to try to engage the people and give them opportunities to uh, make it real. Yeah. That's awesome. That's huge. That's really cool. Really cool. So one of the things we did talk about this yesterday, too, in our missions meeting is um, we, are, we are at a place where we, we must define missions for our people, right? Because it's easy to say, we, I grew up, and my pastor told us we were all missionaries because the person next door didn't know Jesus, right? And sometimes that's really awesome, but sometimes that gives us a really warped view of missions. So I'm, I'm 37. I'm the, the verge of the millennials that a lot of us moan and groan about. But we were told from the time we were kids we were all missionaries, right? And so now... We have some people that are disconnected as to what, what missions is, what a missionary is, and what they do, right? So um, that's another reason that this piece of educate and inspire is really important to get the culture and DNA of what missions is back into some of our churches. Some churches have done it for years and they're great at it. Others have started and said, well... We're reaching people here in our community, so we do missions. And while that's part of the mission of God that everybody comes to know him, there's also the part of missions that, you know, we're sending people to faraway places, to hard places, to do hard work that they need our support. So that was just a bonus. I wasn't even teaching that session. But, right? Tell me your name one more time because I know you're a missionary, but I can't put it all together. Sarah, tell us a little bit about what you're up to. So I'm a missionary associate. I am planning to go for the first time to the field. So it's a two or three year commitment, depending on how long my money holds out. I'm a high school teacher, so I'm leaving my job still. Cool. And a lot of times people are like, what made you decide to do this? It's not like a decision that you make. It's a call. God tells you to go and you yep. Or you don't. Yep. Yeah, one or the other, right? You obey or you don't. Yeah, so like, but I've been missions director. I was missions director at my church, so I know what it is to sit there. Mm. And I also know what it is now when you said people don't call you back. You don't want to know how many phone calls I make and get absolutely no response. Yeah. And it's, it's not just, it's a lot of churches. And I'm not saying that to complain. What I am saying is you're here because you like missions. So if missionaries call you, even if you have to say no, Call them back and just tell them no. Yep. Because I don't care. I would rather get the no than continue to nag you and harass you. Because it, 
it's a lot of time. You make a lot of phone calls. It's crazy. Uh -huh. So just that's huge. If I had to stand on the soapbox and say something, I'd say, if somebody calls you, please just call them back. And if no is no, fine. But like help a sister out. <laughs> well, I, and I mean, my encouragement is, so I don't know if you guys know Bob and Aaron Stetz. They're going to, to Switzerland. Um, we call Bob because Bob was, I'm, I'm, this is my two cents as a pastor. Okay, so I'm not a missions leader now. I'm just a pastor. Um, sometimes, <laughs> Pastor John's really good at pointing out the churches that are strong mission supporters when we get all the pastors and the missionaries together. So the first thing I was ever at was the... Um, the celebration tour, and he honored these people from my church that were giving all this money, and he goes, and that's their pastor. And I was brand new, and I felt like a piece of meat and like a, dropped in a piranha tank, right? Every missionary's there, right? But I, I realized why eventually, and when I met Bob and Aaron, Bob said, look, we don't, like, I know you can't support us, but can we just come and bless your church, like, if there's ever a chance? We'll be in a small church. We don't always have a worship leader. We have, like, one or two worship leaders, and if they're gone, guess what? It's me, and you don't want that, right? And so Bob's like, we, could, we would just come and do worship sometime for you. And so I called Bob, and I said, Bob, May, it was the Sunday before network conference even, I was like, we don't have anybody. Could you come? And he's like, yeah. I was like, would you sing and preach, right? Because I'm like, I'm getting my money out of Bob's text. Like, but um, he did, and our people loved it. And Bob, we don't support Bob monthly. We gave Bob an, an offering, but Bob and I are still great friends. And every time he comes through Columbus, I'm like, look, I don't have any money for you yet, but if you want lunch, I got time to chat and have lunch. And so I think in those regards, it, it's not, that's where I'm trying to help. My, my soapbox is it's not transactional. It's not, I've got money and you need it. It's, we have relationship. And Bob knows that. He called me the other day, he goes, because from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, you have to make so many phone calls. The missions people in Springfield are like, are you making phone calls? So I was one of Bob's phone calls. Bob, hey, TJ, it's Bob. You know I'm calling. Calling to see if there's any money. I'm not really worried about it, but I have to make phone calls. No, Bob, there's no money yet, but hey, next time you're through Columbus and you want to have lunch, let's do it again. You know, and it, It's a relationship that says at some point in time, because we're we're working our, digging our way out of a $15,000 hole, right? That once we get through that and we see that we're able to, we've got a relationship already and we can have that same relationship. And all it every missionary that I've told them, look, we can't pick anybody up new right now. We can, you can come and speak. We can give you an offering, but we can't commit to you monthly. Or, hey, they're like, well, we don't have any Sundays. I'm like, well, if you're through town and you want a cup of Dunkin' Donuts coffee, I'm your guy. None of them have been angry with me. Not one of them are, are mad and going, you're not giving us money, right? Like they're super thankful to share about what God's got going in their hearts. And so I know some of you are just missions team leaders and maybe you can help pastors and champion that cause too that our missionaries are worth a phone call, right? Put yourself in their shoes. I don't know that I could do it. I mean... And I was going to say, sometimes pastors are busy, and so taking a missionary out to lunch, maybe maybe they don't have the availability, but you could offer to stand in that place. Yep. And it, it gives an opportunity for that missionary to share the story and maybe make a new connection that they would not have made otherwise. Awesome. Tell us where you're going. Tell us what you're doing. I'm going to Guatemala. We are working with David and Rachel. 
Learn me real good, the high school teacher. <laughs> uh, we're training church leaders, so it's the whole goal is to multiply like God's work through Guatemala, through the local church, because that's how things happen. I can only do so much, they can only do so much, but when you train church leaders, then all of a sudden the work is multiplied. So doing that, getting into high schools, um, I have a past in addiction that God set me free from, so I'm excited to be able to go in and work with people as well, all kinds of that kind of stuff in South America or Central America. So going and training church leaders, working with women, working with kids. Very cool. Awesome. All right, anybody else before we call it quits? Question. Yep. Um, so my wife and I are in the admissions application process, so we'll probably be giving you a phone call later, awesome. later this year or something. You know. Hey, congrats, man. Where are you going? Uh, France. Awesome. Oh, perfect. Yeah, all the admissions classes have been in this room today. So. That's awesome. Yeah, but um, so I know a lot of times uh, what I've heard is that um, a lot of times missionaries are getting support now, not just from the church to pick them up, but when they go to preach at a church, they have their booth out and they make these personal connections with the people that pick them up. Let's say you have a missionary and you say, hey, we can't add you on to our sport. We'd love to, we'd love to have you come and, and to preach. And so um, would that be inappropriate for them to always give an appeal to people saying, hey, would you consider personally picking us up? Yeah, so let me tell you how, I'll give you a perfect example of that. So, um, I don't know if you guys know the Mobiuses, but Zach Mobius was by our church one day uh, when he was, they were getting ready to go to Azerbaijan, and um, we were in the same boat, we couldn't pick anybody up, and so um, I told him that, but we're always good for, we're always good for a, a, either a window or a, a service and an offering, but I, I tell people up front, we don't have like, we're going to make sure it's a certain amount of offering, it's just what people give. And so um, there was a guy sitting in our church who was not giving to missions at all. And he heard this story, and he walked back to the booth, and he said, I want, I want to help. I want to support you. And um, he made that decision completely on his own. He never even sent the money through the church. He sent the money directly to Springfield by himself. $100 every month went right to what they were doing. And um, I tell missionaries that when they call. Hey, you might inspire somebody else that is not currently giving and they might they might pick you up directly. I feel I feel like I have to steward the finances of the church because if I commit to you, I look, I'm committed to you, right? And I don't want to call you and say I can't. If they want to commit to you differently, that's great. Yeah. What we typically tell people or what we what I typically hear our missionaries say for whatever this is worth, take it or leave it. Hey, we got a booth in the back. We're going to be there afterwards. We got a table. Stop by. We'd love to get you signed up for our, our newsletter, get you a prayer card if you have any other questions or interests. Most of the time, our missionaries don't say, "Hey, if you want to pick us up personally, um, I don't like. I don't know. If this is a problem? Ask some other pastors though, because I'm kind of easy going, right? Like some other pastors would be like, "Don't say that up here. We don't do it that way," you know. But I think that's a fair question. I think it happens naturally without. You having to say, "Hey, your pastor told me you can't help." He, you know, he can't help. Maybe you can. You know, like, yeah. I think there are just people that'll connect with you, and I, I, I don't know. You can probably speak to this even more than I can. But there, there are churches that support our missionaries. Then there are individuals, right? There are family and friends and people you meet at churches and coworkers and everything else, and and they're both equally important. So, I think any any time you have a chance to do that, God will open that door and.
Yeah. Good? Okay. Time to go? Thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Golf clap. You guys are great. If you need anything, remember, it's Ashley Higgins at the network office, okay?